All right, I don't know if Dave messed up by letting me come up here, guys, but we'll see, all right? No, I'm just kidding. He gave me the opportunity, save the best for last, you know what I'm saying? Last sermon of the year. Come on, kids, this one's for you guys. Let's get it going, let's get it rolling. <laughs> Anyways, guys, I'm gonna start by reading us some scripture, then praying, then getting into my topic, or the Lord's topic. So I'm gonna be in John 15, uh, one through six, all right, so... That's what it says. This is the NRSV. So it says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I am them bear much fruit because apart from me, you can do nothing. Yeah, God, I just thank you so much for your word and that you wanna live with us and that you wanna abide in us. God, I just thank you for um, the thankfulness that was shared tonight, God, and um, reminding us that you are so alive and working here at K2. Um, I pray for my words tonight, God, that you would use me as a vessel and um, that you would just speak through speak through me tonight. It's in your heaven and we pray. Amen. All right, guys. So I get to talk about abiding. Dave, let me kind of talk about what I wanted to talk about, which is pretty cool. I'm sorry for the youth. They've already heard the sermon once, okay? Sorry for you guys. Love you guys. Um, bear with me. Um, so I'm going to be talking about abiding as rest, right? Abiding can be a lot of different things, but mainly it's remaining in God. But I really want to focus on resting in God tonight and the relationship between work and rest, the relationship between work and rest. But the first thing I want to talk about is burnout, okay? Who in here knows what burnout is? Youngins, do we know? Do you guys know what burnout is? We know you can do a burnout in a car. That's true. You can do a burnout in a car. Um, so if you guys don't know what burnout is, it's when you are just kind of tired of your, your current situation and you're just exhausted with it. And maybe you used to like that thing, but now that thing doesn't bring you as much energy. It can even become taxing or toxic, right? So I want to do a little burnout test. Now, you guys don't have to be burned out. I'm not trying to spiritually manipulate you. We're just taking a quiz here, okay? All right, here we go. So question one, do you become easily irritated with others? Now, if, you're, if you've always done that, <laughs> if you've always done that, doesn't mean you're burned out. That just might mean you're a jerk, all right? But if, if, you norm, if you're usually a pretty nice person, like my wife, and all of a sudden you're just being a meanie head, then you might be a little burned out. Do you hate coming back from a vacation? Now, I, now everybody doesn't like necessarily coming back from a vacation. But when you come back from said vacation, are you like, I loathe going back to work and all the people that are there? Or... 
I cannot, I don't want to go to school tomorrow. I do not want to do it. I hate school. I hate everybody there, right? You might be burned out, all right, if you have those feelings. Uh, do you feel disillusioned or dissatisfied with things that you used to love? This is a good one. This is a good one, right? So if it's your work, right, you might have had a lot of meaning in that job. And now over time, you're just like, man, I can't stand it. I'm losing meaning. I'm losing feeling. And this isn't, this isn't what I thought it used to be. Now, this one's big for me. Um, do you wake up worried in the middle of the night about the job or things in your life? Right? This is a big tell for I'm in a pretty burned out, anxious spot is when I'm waking up in the middle of the night. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, how am I going to do this? How am I going to get this house? How am I going to, how are Reagan and I going to do this? Right? That's a pretty big tell that I'm not abiding and resting in the Lord. And the last one is, are you critical or cynical about work responsibilities? So um, that one's pretty self-explanatory. If you just are always complaining about your job and that's not normally you, then that could be you, right? So yeah, Jesus has a different plan for us, guys. He has a plan for rest and abiding in him, right? So many of us, either have had a point in our lives where we've been overworked or completely stressed out. So stress has been called the number one health problem. Did you guys know that? You know why? Here's, here's one for you, Chris Anderson, if you don't know, all right? It's because of cortisol, all right? And it makes your heart do funny things, okay? Basically, you get heart disease over time, okay? Um, <laughs> we live overcrowded lives, and we're doing our best to cram as much into them as we can. Vacation is oftentimes an afterthought. Yeah, I can definitely feel that for myself for sure. Um, when we think about our rhythms, particularly in the West, our rhythms is our schedule, right? We often see tired, weary, and burdened people who are living for the weekend. You're just working just to get to that weekend, right? Truth be told, most people are not intentional to produce and live with regular rhythms. Rather than living with great joy, many are living with great anxiety, which often is related to work or stress. It may be a result of a frantic, frantic lifestyle where families are trying to juggle a bunch of different activities, soccer practice, dance, trying to be a good dad, trying to be a good mom, I mean, it doesn't have to be a bunch of different activities. It can just be the stress of trying to make Christmas happen. I mean, this last season is a very, is a huge season for burnout, right? When you're just trying to be a good parent, be a good significant other, trying to keep up with all these things is just tough, right? So truth be told, most people are not living intentional to produce and live with regular rhythms. Rather than living with great joy, many are living with great anxiety trying to juggle different things. When we examine what Jesus is trying to do and this the whole entire creation narrative, we see rhythms. God designed us for rhythms. He designed us for schedules. And trust me, guys, I am the most anti-schedule person that you'll ever meet. So uh, if, that's, if a schedule's weird for you, you know, try lean into it a little bit. So where do we see this? Over and over again in the creation narrative, we see there was evening and there was morning. 
there was dark and then there was light. We see that there's different seasons and, and all these different things built into creation. We know that plants have seasons of growth, fruit and death. Living things breathe in and breathe out. Rhythms are everywhere. So the biggest one that I see for rhythms is I think about your sleep cycle. In the West, like eight hours is like amazing, right? If we can get eight hours of sleep, whoa, right? But six is probably right where almost everyone's sitting. But like we're really supposed to get like 10 to 12. And then I love this one is the cycle of the seasons. So back in the day, there used to be, it gets dark. We all hate it when it gets dark really early in the winter, right? It's just like, what a drag, you know? But here's the thing. There didn't used to be a Walmart everywhere where you could just go get your food, okay? So when it got dark earlier, that means you slept longer so you weren't eating all your rations, okay? Think about it. It was pretty convenient for it to get dark earlier so you weren't staying up all night and eating food, right? I need to listen to that one now, even though, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, finally, in the creation narrative, we see that human beings, not human doings, were created they were created on the sixth day. And on the seventh day, God rests. According to the story, humanity starts out, we start out from a place of rest. In the eighth day that humanity goes about the task we were created for, which was having dominion over the earth. The work, what we were trying to produce, didn't come first, like in our, in our culture. Like everything in our culture, everything that we're defined by is by what we produce. Let's think about it. What kind of car do you drive? What kind of job do you have? How are your kids doing? What kind of parent are you? And it starts from a young age too. What kind of grades do you get? If you don't get good grades, man, you're just not, you're not, I, I was me. I was, a, I was a C student and I always felt less than. Are you starting? Are you a starting linebacker? Did you make the cheerleading team? How many likes do you get on your social media posts? Right, our, our culture wants to define us by how much we produce. But Jesus wants to define us by him and by rest and by abiding in him. So finally in the creation narrative, we see, like I said, human beings and that work flowed out of rest. If this is the pattern that we were created for, we need to play, pay closer attention to our rhythms and seek to develop our personal, our personal schedules and our rhythms with God and then collectively, our rhythms. We were created to work and to produce out of a place of rest, not the opposite way around, out of a place of abiding. Rest is abiding. Jesus affirms the idea that we are to live in healthy rhythms of rest and work. He says to his disciples in John 15, I am the true vine and you are the branches. If you abide in me, if you rest in me, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. If you're not resting in Jesus, you can't do nothing. Well, yes, you can. You can make a lot of money. You can do, go do a bunch of stuff. You can be super successful. You can have all these different things. But Jesus says pretty clearly here, you can't do anything. Now, if Jesus is real and he actually did what he said, the most important thing that we can do is to produce fruit for him and live for him and be identified by him. And even if you're the most successful man or woman in the world. If you were to die, if Jesus is real, what's your life in the grand scale of everything? What does it mean? 
So one of the easiest ways to see the relationship of abiding and working is to see a grandfather clock. Who in here knows what a grandfather clock is? All right, it's okay. If, if you're my age and you might not know what a grandfather clock is, the only reason why I know what a grandfather clock is is because of my great-grandma who had one, all right? Anyways, I'm about to do some art, okay, guys, to give you a little illustration here. So what a grandfather clock does is it has an arm that swings from side to side, right? And it swings, and eventually on the top of the hour, it dings, and you'll hear like a bird or something like that or different things like that, okay? So there's a continuous back and forth motion. The pendulum, which is a little arm, swings from left to right. So here comes the art. Bear with me here. No Picasso. All right. And this is the arm. One second here. So on this up here, we see rest. As we've already seen from the biblical picture, this is our starting point. The idea here is that we spend intentional time with Jesus. We start our time with listening to his voice and what he's inviting us into. He demonstrated this pattern well in Mark 1.35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place when he prayed, where he prayed. This is a regular occurrence in Jesus' life. And so we're called to uh, be Christians, which means to mimic him. We don't just spend time with Jesus for clarity and direction, though, okay? Like a trusted friend, we spend time with him because we love him. And then we want to be with him. That's why we're doing this. We're not doing this because it makes us holy. We're doing this because, man, I want to experience what Jesus has for me. So as we spend seasons and times abiding with Jesus, we start to grow. Just like in the verse says, just like in the verse. So I'm going to put down here. Growing. Sorry. Try not to do that. So if you can't see that, that's because of the, the thing that was really loud. So that says growing and pruning right there. Okay, guys. So as we spend time abiding with Jesus, we must also experience seasons of growth. Jesus, just like in the verse I just read, is using an agricultural metaphor of what it looks like to abide in him. So overgrown plants cannot bear really good fruit. Just like a little plant can't start to bear fruit yet. You cannot force a young plant to bear fruit and a big plant to grow, to grow fruit. Who's ever, who knows about grapes? Like if you let them grow, just continue to grow, the grape will actually not taste very good. You actually have to prune the bush back. Like, or a rose bush, you have to cut it back to make it kind of look a little ugly. But if you don't prune a rose bush, it'll look even uglier. All right, just let it grow. You'll see. Um, and that's what Jesus, that's what God does in our lives sometimes. Sometimes, we need things cut out of our lives. We need things pruned back. We need to be set in a direction 
that God wants us to go. And that comes from our time of resting in him. By studying his word, the spirit speaks to us. We're like, man, I know for me, a lot of conviction has been brought through my time of resting in him. I remember when I was in high school, having relationships cut out of my life, having the love of like things and materials cut out of my life. And then I see God's faithfulness when I follow him and I rest in him. Sometimes we will spend time abiding with Jesus, discover clarity and direction, and then spend a season growing in that direction. Rather than arriving at a place of producing fruit, however, we may need to go through a season of pruning. It may be frustrating to walk through these seasons. These are oftentimes really tough seasons that God's asking us to go through. And a lot of us have seen some of those seasons of thankfulness up here that God's growing us. But then, while it might seem preferable to spend every day relaxing and abiding, God actually does call us to produce fruit, right? So on the other side, I'm gonna put work. Okay? In the creation narrative, Adam and Eve are told to be fruitful and multiply. Being fruitful and multiplying both indicate work. They don't happen without intentionality. Now back to John 15. Jesus says, it is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. In Ephesians 10, we read that we were created for good works, which God prepared us for. It's not, the fruit doesn't necessarily look like a brand new house. It's for the fruit that Jesus wants to provide in us, which is self-giving love, intentionality. It's a different kind of fruit that's not defined by the world. So these times of temptation and wanting to do, sorry, skipped a line there. So like I said, we were created for work. God created us to be little creators. The fruit that we bear is always a result of abiding and resting in Jesus. It's always a result of that. But in a culture that's driven by work, producing grades, producing things, oftentimes it's countercultural to start with resting in Jesus. The greatest temptation will be to sacrifice your rest. Like, I mean, I, I mean, church is great and all, but I don't have time for it this week. I mean, my time with Jesus is important, but man, I have a test. The pendulum swings from side to side, and eventually, if we spend too much time working and trying to produce, if you've seen a clock, it just gets stuck there, right? And it gets broken. The greatest loss in times of burnout isn't necessarily the job or the, or the finances, but oftentimes it's significant relationships. It's hurting your significant other, your kids, your family. And a lot of us have, have felt this, this striving. This is not the way that Jesus designed us. He didn't want us to be defined by this. That's not, what he, that's not what he designed us for. So what does Jesus want for us? He says, abide in me, rest in me, and you will produce fruit. The rhythms we need to be engaged at multiple levels, just as we see large and small, like going to church, we need to think about our little parts of our day. So 
I have three application, four application steps now, bringing it home. The first thing that we need to think about is that all this, this all the spiritual discipline stuff is always based out of, man, my life is out of control. Every effort that I try to do on my own, God, I can't figure it out. I need you. So we need to be re-identified first and saying, Jesus, I love you. Redefine my life. That's the first step. The second one is following him. The first place to aim at developing a rhythm is to divert daily. In Genesis, we see that there's, like I said, morning and evening. Each day, you need to carve space into your lives, just like Jesus did. It doesn't have to look super fancy. Mike's actually gonna come up here in a little bit to show us what that, what that could look like through a time of prayer. It might be an intentional cup of coffee with your significant other. It might be, just be a few minutes praying for the day. God, this is your day. There's a lot of stresses that are happening today. There's a lot of things in my life that I don't know what it's gonna look like, but God, this is yours. The second place is withdrawing weekly. So at the end, like I said, God created a day of rest. In our culture, thinking about not working one day a week is kind of crazy sometimes. But God actually created us to be completely dependent on him. And the Israelites in the desert, they want to go out and gather an extra day. They think, man, I just, I'm going to need a little bit more for this day. If I just work a little longer, then man, then God's going to provide. But what God challenges us with is to say, even though my life is crazy, and even though I might need this money or this extra job, instead, I'm going to trust that you're going to provide for me and that you're, you're in control of my week, and I'm going to rest today. And the third place is to abandon annually. Oftentimes, for our youth, we go up to Big Canyon, and we spend a weekend focusing on Jesus, and it's a fun time. There's no homework, and it's just a time to be with Jesus. In our lives, you guys can also abandon annually to go be with the Lord doesn't have to be super fancy, but it's a vacation where you just go and ask Jesus, what do you want with this year? What is this supposed to look like? Dave just did this recently. He went and abandoned, needed to be with the Lord. It's a very healthy thing to do. So what do these create, right? We're not just doing these to be religious. What do these, what do these, what does resting in the Lord do? It's countercultural, but every day, if you surrender every single day, you're saying, God, you're in control of my life. What do you want for this day? And then weekly, God, you're in control of my week. I'm resting in you. What do you want for this week? And then annually, what do you want for this year? And then the more you do these things and rest in him, it develops surrender to God, saying, God, my life belongs to you. And oftentimes in a new year, we try to think about, man, I really need to lose weight. I really need to make more money. I really need to spend more time with my family, which are all really good things. Don't get me wrong. But what Jesus says is actually start with what I want for you. Start with resting in me. Start with abiding in me. And then you're going to produce the fruit. Then you're going to be the people that I want you to be then you're not gonna have this production 
devil that's always trying to drive you forward. It's gonna be the Lord and the Holy Spirit bringing the fruit into your life that he wants. So with that, I'm gonna have Mike come up here and give a little example of what it looks like to divert daily.